In the year 2017, two complete strangers with flex time on their hands meet at a Simpsons trivia night outside of Boston. Together with their powers, they created the Frosted Side Podcast. Their mission? These two hosts join forces with a guest to review an episode of their favorite cartoon, as well as a cereal chosen by the guests themselves, and eat it on air. Radical! Their mission as listener is simple. Okay. Don't touch that dial. Grab a seat in front of the TV, but not too close. And don't pick at the marshmallows, because here comes the frosted side. With the Daves, Dave Morrison and Dave Lindquist. Hello, Dave Lindquist. Dave Morrison. Man, I've missed this. I miss this too. What's been taking so long? So, uh, <laughs> health, I think, mostly on both ends on our, our front lately. My, I, I did a count, and I think it was from. from well, hold the on, hold on one second, Dave. I have to interrupt yeah. you for one second. I'm getting a message means. right now. I'm getting a message on Instant Messenger. I still use AIM. Oh, it's Dave Linquist. Uh, turns out he has a sick baby, so we're going to have to cancel. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, it's you. The joys of fatherhood. I, 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 did a, I did a count from the beginning of March through the end of June. Uh, regular doctor visits plus hospital ones for just the kids. I think it was 17 over the course of five months. Uh-huh. 17 trips to the doctor with them. Was, oh, God. Like, uh, at one point, my daughter had uh, three viral infections at the same time. Oh, and yeah, she had the worst of it. It was uh, she had back to back ear infections and needed two different antibiotics for those. And it was yeah, so totally my fault on my end. It was yeah, basically five months of sick kids. Yeah, it's your fault and, bringing her into the world. <laughs> and then you went and busted up your foot. Well, that was only a month ago, but how how is that going? By the way, oh, let me set it up and you can knock him down. So yeah, please. I was working for the job that I have been working since we last talked to you guys here on the Frosted Side. I joined the union. I am a local stagehand, I-A-T-S-E, Local 11. That stands for International Alliance of Theater and Stage Employees. I was setting up a music festival on the South Shore. It was actually Levitate Festival uh, at the Marshfield Fair, And this is the story that keeps on giving. The story is a gift itself because I can't believe it's real and nor can you. I was sitting on one of the crates that Mm -hmm. we use to unload equipment, okay? And it was around 1230, 1245. Wait a minute. You're not my insurance. This isn't workman's (laughs) comp. What are we doing? No, but it's true. I, I was wearing some New Balance shoes, should have been wearing the steel toe boots, but I let my guard down, took my helmet off, and I was on the crate, sitting on the crate on the stage deck that we had just built. There was a lull in the action. Our union steward came over, told us when we were going to take our 15-minute breaks and send us home. All right? So I'm sitting there. I noticed that my steward, she's wearing the same exact shoes as me, exact carbon copy. And she notices this, and she says well, shit, I guess we have to touch souls, which we do. So I'm sitting, I lift my leg up, she lifts hers, and she takes the sole of her foot and pushes my soul all the way back. And she was one strong mother. 
one strong mother effort, and she just pushed me back, not realizing her own strength, uh-huh. and I fell on the stage, hitting my head, my back, and somehow oh. my foot ricocheted into an adjoining crate in the back, crate handle, which cut off circulation to my big right oh. toe, causing bleeding and infection and losing a toenail. So, so it, is the toenail gone? There's that. Is the that toenail is officially gone? I'm waiting for it to grow oh. back. At the time of this recording, I have a follow up with the doctor that saw me at urgent care, and I don't think they'll be sponsoring the frosted side program anytime soon. <laughs> if I were you, I would not go to Carewell Urgent Care if at all possible. Go to another urgent care if you can. If you those, injure those yourself, toe injuries are the worst, man. I've I've have had two or three, thankfully. You know, knock on wood, not in twenty years or so. But like, it takes so long for that toenail to just decide to come off. Like, oh, you're turning purple. Oh, why is it black now? All right, there it well, goes. It, it's starting. It's, just, it's oh. probably because there's a lot less blood. Yeah, on the yeah. toe area in the sense. toe area, which would cause it to be a lot more painful. And when the toenail grows back, it's almost like a baby's teeth when they're teething. You know this, Dave. From yeah, yeah, kids. very familiar with that process as of recently. Oh my God, are you giving them dealt the with some frozen... of that last night? Oh, are you di- are you giving them the frozen carrots? He's uh, he's been doing. We've had like di- different like teething sort of um, like chew toy. Chew toy sounds like he's an animal. Different like te- teething toys that uh, we just throw throw in the freezer and then break out for him when it. But oh man, it seems like they're all coming in at once. Hmm. Well, best of luck to you. I know yeah, I that they're it. going to grow up and start dating and start causing all sorts of trouble relatively within reason and uh hopefully by then my toenail will have grown back so (laughs) let's review uh since we last joined you folks uh, dave has a bunch of sick kids i am missing a toenail i am missing a girlfriend although she's not missing she's just an ex and i've missed work and we've missed you and each other man it's been too long it has been way too long Everybody keeps asking, and we understand, and you guys have been so patient. It's the Frosted Side Top 10 Public Service Announcements. Stay off the crack rock. We wanted to do something a little different today, and uh, we were kind of bouncing around ideas when we were on sabbatical, Dave Lindquist and myself, and we came up with the notion that because we are a Saturday morning nostalgia program and the concept of what we do here, what we've been doing for almost four years now is the fact that we review cartoons and serial. But what we wanted to do this time was something relatively different. Now, we talked about this in the episode with our friend Kevin Harrington, cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, the anti-drug public service announcement featuring all your Saturday morning favorites. But in the 80s and 90s, when you would watch Saturday morning cartoons, more or less on ABC, 
during the commercials, you would see anti-drug public service announcements, specifically Partnership for a Drug-Free America, the ONDCP, where your tax dollars went very wisely to these creative ventures, these creative cautionary tales. And you probably remember many of them, and we're going to review them today. The And I have the list right here as soon as I can pull it up. Do, do, do. Yeah, so I'm thinking. I'm thinking what we should do is uh, maybe we can play the audio for the listeners, and we'll just watch them and then kind of react immediately after watching. Because rather right. than having them have to go and hunt them all down, does that sound like a that sounds good, like a good way of going through these? Yeah, that sounds like a wonderful idea, Dave Blinkwist. So without any further ado, here we go. So the Frosted Side Top 10 Public Service Announcements of the 80s and 90s, Dave Linquist. I got to tell you, growing up, we all watched the cartoons and we all remember that. But not too many people remember the public service announcements. Okay, maybe a select few and you're listening to one of them talk right now. And I'm remembering all of these because they scared the living bejesus out of me. I never wanted to touch the devil's lettuce after watching these <laughs> You never know. And uh, I mean, there were, there were the fun PSAs too. Like uh, I think we've brought it up on here before in the past that like I hanker for a hunk of cheese guy and people like that. But yeah, man, they made the drug one scary. I was terrified of some of this stuff. And uh, thankfully Dave Morrison here went and hunted down a list of some of the best. And like Dave, I'll be honest. These are like repressed memories for me. It's like, I completely forgot they existed. But the second it starts playing, I'm like, Oh yeah, th there's some trauma here from just watching these. So oh, yeah. Um, you want to intro the first one here? Well, for those who also have trauma from watching and experiencing these public service announcements, it's okay. We'll walk you through the process. You don't need therapy. <laughs> you just need the frosted side with the Daves to help you through. It's going to get rough, folks. And uh, before we get going, because we kind of teased this on our Instagram page, Frosted Pod, and a couple of people pointed this out. They wanted us to do public service announcements for when you'd watch G.I. Joe, Transformers, Gem, knowing yeah. it's half the battle. We are going to get to that at some point, but we wanted to do something a little different. When you're watching these shows and then you see a call to action, maybe a cautionary tale about drugs during the commercial breaks, because there are those nostalgia geeks that like the public service announcements. They upload at least 30 of them a day on YouTube. I don't know who oh, yeah, does it or who has the time. God bless you. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Top 10 public service announcements. Drugs. All right. Number 10. Thank you, Dave. You got <laughs> rhythm right there. All right. You do. All right. Chalk poured. This was the first one that I saw while watching Beetlejuice as a kid on ABC and Winnie the Pooh. The teacher, she was talking to her kids about drugs. And there's a little bit of an animation juxtaposed upon the chalkboard uh, about the consequences of drugs and alcohol. And it made me really, really sad. It made me realize at six or seven years old that I don't want to do drugs. I don't want my parents to cry. And I felt really, really bad. 
there's an ethos about these ads that really get under your skin. And it worked for a while. I didn't want to affiliate with anybody who even had that aura of drug abuse with them. Maybe I was being a little too paranoid because look at how (laughs) I turned out. Wonderfully, by the way. All right, here it is. Okay, kids. Why are drugs bad for you? Oh, me, oh, me, I know, I know. Drugs make you mean to everybody like a monster. Then you get real sick and skinny like a skeleton, and you can even die. <laughs> yeah, mom and dad would be so sad they'll cry for a long time. That's right, kids. So don't buy them? Man, the uh, the animation on the chalkboard on that one just sends me straight back of the, the like emaciated child after using the drugs and just having the teacher stand in and the, that like authority figure being like, why don't you want these? It's just it's such a direct message and like, yeah, man. Well, you talk you, you talk about the trauma of that ad. I always feared that my parents would be crying if I ever told them that I was using the devil's lettuce, except I didn't know what the devil's lettuce actually was as a kid. I don't think anybody really ever knew if there was such a thing called the devil's lettuce. They just knew drugs bad. Now, of course, when we were kids, we always never ate anything in the medicine cabinet. That was the big thing, I think, growing up. I probably assumed that that's what the ONDCP and the Partnership for the Drug-Free America had in mind, but we all knew that there was kind of a dog whistle to anti-marijuana sentiment yeah. that, that had grown under the Reagan administration and into the Bush and Clinton eras. Well, we don't want to make it political, but come on, let's be real. No, no, you're right. And, and it's interesting. It's always this amorphous sort of drugs. I, I mean, maybe we'll look into the other ones and we'll get more specific than that, but they, they don't, you know, everything's lumped together into this giant broad sort of category. I remember, I'd say up until probably fifth grade or so, just being like all drugs were the same, you know, it's the same level, the same level of scary, like people who use them, I judged. And Mm -hmm. I, I I gotta say they were, they were probably effective. Like these, these worked, you know, on on my mind, at least until a certain age, when you you start laughing at them. Sorry, sorry. When you when you were a kid, when you were growing up in Wayland, Massachusetts, did your parents ever come home and say, uh, "This kid, he's smoking marijuana," or these parents, they have a kid that smokes weed and does drugs, and you're thinking, "Oh my God, they didn't watch these commercials. They are bad." <laughs> your parents never gossipy gossiped no, about no, the kids. No, no, not that, not that I can recall. I was. Uh, oh, that happened all the time growing up in Forge Village. Oh, no, that happened all the time with my parents. My mom was a school psychologist. She'd come oh, home yeah, that from Groton Dunstable High School, and she'd say, oh, so-and-so's kids, he sits around all day and he smokes weed. Oh, my God, I tested him today. His brain is just scattered. And I would just remember these conversations my mother would have about testing kids whose parents were obviously on drugs and the kids were on drugs. And I did everything I could to try and not be those kids. I did my best. I tried. And so did you, Dave. 
Dave's so, actually the successful one. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't be listening. <laughs> no what comment. do you mean? Uh, <laughs> no comment. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, on that uplifting note, number nine, swimming. The more heady title of uh, Why Not to Swim in Your Bedroom. So this one's a little later. It's... Uh, a 1996 again from the uh, are these all from the partnership for drug free America? These are all they from the ONDCP and the partnership oh. for the drug free America. We're I, not doing that. I remember them. Yeah, We're I remember basically all of them. And it, it's funny, like, I wouldn't even think they were all from necessarily the same source. But uh, so do you want to intro this one a little bit first? Or should we just oh. play it and then react? Uh, we can intro it, Dave. You ever sit in your bedroom all fucked up on banana (laughs) peels and lemon meringue pie or... Smoking raisins, all of that Clone High episode we watched a few months back. And you're sitting in your bedroom. It's all messy, clothes strewn strewn upon your room. And then all of a sudden water comes down. And no, we're not talking about tears from childhood trauma. We're talking about water from the local swimming pool. Or maybe you had an above-ground pool growing up. Doesn't matter. You take one hit of the raisins and boom! It's swimming time, kids. Are you playing them? Yeah. Okay. There's this thing going around called sniffing. You think you're getting high, but the dizzy, fuzzy feeling is just what happens when your brain doesn't get oxygen. The chemicals get in the way. So it's like you're not breathing. That's how sniffing causes brain damage and death. think you're sniffing your brain thinks you're drowning and your brain is pretty much right man yeah this one's kind of a heavy one man well it's funny that they, they keep saying sniffing in this i'm like i don't ever remember like that I don't ever remember that terminology going around. Like well, I, I do remember going back to it. I remember junior high kids like inhaling like whiteout or like smelly markers or, or whatever things like this. But like I don't remember this. I don't remember the sniffing terminology. But apparently that was a thing in the mid nineties. Well, and the the, pr- the production value on this one with like the kid underwater, like like is is, is this where James Cameron goes to Titanic a couple oh! years later with the like. The, the intense music in the background and like they spent some money on these man this oh, one's yeah. really your tax really dollars your tax yeah. dollars yeah, are exactly. at work no i remember an episode of seventh heaven years later where one of the camden kids gets involved with puffing paint and sniffing and no we're not talking about reverend camden or the guy that plays reverend camden oh, no when we were kids and our teachers obviously told us not to spell markers when we were doing a class assignment, it was hard to 
follow those directions in my personal opinion because when but they made scented markers at that point even how can you not really? smell these things things yeah. used to have smells you know when you're a kid you, you know you used to smell your parents clothing and you smell your parents shoes and try them on and you know, those <laughs> whoa, things... wait, whoa 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 wait wait a minute <laughs> this is getting weird Dave, we're talking about you, smells. There's nothing weird about smells. <laughs> You're talking about smelling your parents' shoes. Give me a minute here, Dave. I was seven years old <laughs> okay, in my okay. mind last week when I was over at my mom's. So. Oh, Dave. Can you go you five minutes without, bear, without embarrassing yourself? I'm, I'm, How long I'm was not that? Sure. I'm just not sure. You know when you used to smell your parents' shoes is a universal experience. That's all I'm saying. A lot of kids do this now. <laughs> a colleague of mine, he was on the air talking about how his son is smelling and trying on mom and dad's shoes. There of course, he had an ulterior motive for his asinine comments. But yeah, it's true. <laughs> when you go through a phase as a kid, you smell your parents' clothing, especially silk nylon. And being Lebanese, maybe it's hereditary because we all worked in the uh, the mills uh, making the pantyhose and the silk nylons. So that is passed down from generation to generation. Well, you can't get away from it. I, I do like how this one like completely contradicted my last one. Like, oh, these are all just generally about drugs and drugs are bad. And this one's like, no, stop sniffing stuff. And it's, uh, it's also a time progression. I guess the other one was a couple years earlier. And it's like, no, we need to talk to this. Kids are huffing stuff. We need to be like, stop sniffing things. Well, anything you smell can be hazardous to your health. Let's be realistic and not be silly. Anything you smell out there can go into your lungs and your brain. It can, can cause damage. And I don't know how we can avoid that. For example, when I go into Walmart uh, every now and then, and I very rarely go into Walmart, but when I do, there's a strange odor that I cannot describe. Same with Subway, when I would go into Subway. And I, I don't know if it was gym mats or some pulled pork, but it was something that just smelled nasty. And yeah. I get it. Most places, they're not like Massachusetts. You have to drive everywhere. And I know you don't go to places for smells. But still, come on. Don't tell me there isn't a strange odor when you go to some of these big box stores <laughs> and chain restaurants. I'm not going to disagree there. That's That Subway one is, is like specific and like unappetizing and like why is that there oh oh it's just something foul and you go back and you say to yourself why did i ever put that in my body maybe we need to have a support group for people who would put uh subway in their digestive system (coughs) or half of the cereal we have (laughs) oh well no, no 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 what we eat is a lot a lot cleaner than what Subway uses. Number eight, Penny. Now, a little backstory about Penny. Penny did a public service announcement around the year 1991. And if that name sounds familiar, folks, it's because you probably saw her in one of the shorts on Wee's Playhouse. She had pennies for eyeballs, and she really liked pizza. If kind of like a claymation looking character. Yeah, exactly. And she basically tells 
everybody for 15 to 30 seconds what she likes. She likes pizza, but drugs are bad because you're going to end up behind claymation bars. Hello, my name's Penny. I think people shouldn't do drugs. They can make you forget things, like which animals have have stripes. And your body might um, get clumsier, so it can't jump rope as good. Drugs can get you in big trouble. You could go to principal's office or go to jail. Then you can't watch TV or eat pizza. Recess is good. Hamsters are good. Birthday parties are real good. Drugs are bad. I wouldn't do drugs. Recess is good. Hamsters are good. Birthday parties are real Hamster, good. Drugs are bad. Dog. This yep. is straight straight Recess to the point. Is good. Hamsters are good. Drugs are bad. Okay. I I wonder if this was like a little kid just like describing their thoughts on drugs, and then they like animated it afterwards. The voice it sounds like it's an actual kid saying it. And honestly, I think this is oh, my favorite so far. Voice. It's like just direct, Look, effective. I, I'm I'm not going to quote myself on this but i believe that was an actual child actor maybe they were taught to improvise their feelings on drugs maybe it was scripted but either way it continued the propaganda in my brain that drugs are bad okay oh but she looked high as shit i mean if you (laughs) have pennies for eyes right if you have pennies for eyeballs then you're doing some serious dabs and tabs, my <laughs> friend. I'm serious. <laughs> Number seven, yes. You'll like this one. I used to see this on all the stations, but specifically ABC Saturday morning. Admiral David Robinson. And this was a cool one. This wasn't actually something that was good for its irony or whatever you might call it. It wasn't anything out of the blue. It was just something that I enjoyed because it was right to the point. And David Robinson was a star at that time. Growing up in the Michael Jordan era, you wanted these big stars, these big NBA superstars to set a good example for the kids. And David Robinson, the Admiral, was no better, perfect example for living a clean, straight life. And I learned that David Robinson doesn't play the bagpipes. Don't believe me? This is David. Oh, ah. This is what David's done. David went to college. Oops, sorry, Annapolis. David taught himself to play piano, the sax, even the bagpipes. Well, maybe not the bagpipes. David was NBA Rookie of the Year. He's also been to the Olympics twice. David even became a naval officer. David's sure done a lot. But you know one thing David's never done? Drugs. David doesn't do drugs. Maybe that's why he's done so much. Hmm. Right to the point. It, it's just I'm having such a different impact on this now and that it, it's just making me feel like an unaccomplished David. Like He's done so much, but he hasn't done drugs. I'm like, wow. Well, he doesn't play the bagpipes. Yeah, apparently. I haven't played the bagpipes, so we're even there. We got to do a, an episode where we just play the bagpipes to show off Admiral David Robinson. 
It's funny. I think what wh- what year do you think the uh, Charles Barkley "I Am Not a Role Model" nineteen ninety two was it? I was gonna say like this is like the exact antithesis. It's like David's awesome. Be like David. And yet Charles oh, Barkley was a role model until my mom said he wasn't. My mom said he was a bad man. I assumed he did drugs. I, I feel like th- this one's interesting because it's kind of like the antithesis, antithesis of the other mm-hmm. ones. The other ones are like all like scare you into not doing drugs. Like drugs are bad. Drugs are awful. Awful. This one's like drugs. Don't you? Do, this one's don't do drugs and you'll go, be an NBA player Dude, in the military. Who doesn't can do drugs. <laughs> be like David. It's, oh, it's absolutely. I don't know. I think yeah. it might be a little less effective. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not going to be seven feet tall, so. Well, don't sell yourself short. (laughs) Well phrased. Uh, I I was um, actually going through my usual YouTube and I pulled up an ad from 1992. It was the late Herb Villachez who played Tattoo on Fantasy Island. And he was doing some ad for Dunkin' Donuts with Fred, time to make the donuts. And oh, wow. he needed money because he couldn't find work after Fantasy Island. It was actually very sad because he was near the end of his life, um, being a short person and uh, having all those physical problems. So they have him come and do his, the plane, the plane, no, the jelly, the jelly. And then there's a voiceover that says, for a limited time, Dunkin' Donuts Munchkins. If you don't get here soon, you might fall short. Or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. this was 1992. Imagine trying to do that ad in today's era. For good oh, reason. man. Yeah, even the name of the product there. Wow. Oh, yeah. No. But number six, I have been waiting to do this forever. I've been waiting my whole life since the incarnation of the Frosted Side. We talked about this behind the scenes, Dave Linquist and yours truly, J. David Morrison. Yep. And I, I'm just so excited. This one, number six, <laughs> I, you, cool. you can tell. No, you, right. You'll find let's, out why. I, I mean, let's Dave, just get Dave, into it. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, 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 Dave. I, I, I'm sorry. You know how I jumble my words sometimes. I, I this one. I, I mean, I mean, Walter is not your friend. Yeah, he is. No, he not. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. No, he not. If Walter oh. was your friend, Walter wouldn't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the real kids on the block. Number six, Walter do's drugs. Robert, Robert, guess what? What? Walter asked me to, um, to meet him in the bandit building at 530. You're not going to a bandit building. Why not? Because Walter do drugs. Walter's my friend. Walter is not your friend. Yes, he is. No, he not. Yes, he is. No, he not. Walter dissing you. If you go, I'm telling mom. But you my brother. I don't care. Walter do drugs. And you ain't going to do it with him. Oh my God, Dave! I I honestly forgot what a bonding point this was for my little brother and I. We're we're seven years apart, so there's a pretty big gap. I mean, we watched the Saturday morning cartoons together. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, uh, obviously, I'm you know perpetually mature. We we'll watch them forever. 
but uh, we we do this bit that that just yes he is no he not yes he is no we not just arguing back and forth and like but you're my brother he's like okay good point yeah he is it's no just, he's not these, yeah these he kids is are, yes he is no he not uh, these kids are just so memorable and like tough they're tough kids I could do another top ten of these and we could make a year's worth of material out of these. No, I, I like these kids. I hope they all turned out to be very successful in their own lives and stayed away from Walter or went over to Walter later in their adult years to see what uh, Walter was offering and see if the uh, Walter will still offer them free drugs because I'm sure when somebody offered these kids free drugs, they all said some nasty things to them. It's free weed. You'll never I, get free weed again. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> you come around here to Little Massachusetts. I, I know lots of places you'll find free weed. <laughs> I, I hate that that's I'm complimenting these, man. Like as much as I am, but like, like the kid voice actor in the Penny one sound sounded real. Jezebel, you know, yeah. The 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 production values of the kind of like drowning and sniffing one, but this one, like these kids, don't feel like actors. Like this this look is this a real conversation taking place? I look in and like these are two brothers actually saying this. This does not feel like a produced thing. Well, that's how I feel about like, The Sopranos. I don't feel like whenever I go back and I watch The Sopranos or The Wire on HBO Max, that's not a scripted series. Those are documentaries. Well, I, I, <laughs> At least I, in my I, mind. I guess that speaks to the casting. I mean, you hear a lot of those guys interviewed, and like, it seems like it wasn't that far off from who they were playing. Yeah. But, uh, wow. Mm. Yeah, this is this is one that's just buried deep for me. and. Uh, Listen yeah, to the just, real kids on the block. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully one of those real kids on the block will give you some of the good stuff that Walter isn't offering. <laughs> maybe he does offer something good and you just don't have the social skills to give him the timer. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Drawings. Man, the music, the bongo, and the... I don't even know what it is. It's a synthesizer with the bass line and they got these crude drawings of this voiceover guy that asks a bunch of kids, maybe random kids on the street, maybe actors who are child actors. What others tell you to do drugs, what do you say to them? No way, man. No way. Take a chill pill. So so before we get into this one, I don't know if you know this, but the uh, the YouTube feed you found for this yes. is the guy who did all this. It's the what? audio director and sound designer. I what? guess he's like the, he's he does the cameo dog growl in it too. So like if that's the standout for you. There's a reason for it. That's the guy who's like taking this and uploaded. Oh, let me just like, pull it up. Look, right here. look what I did here. Yeah, it looks like Roy Yokelson. He's like Roy audio direction Yokelson. sound is made by Roy Yokelson and Land Productions cameo dog growl too. Like he's the guy who like that's the element he added to this. It uh, it definitely stands out. Like Cletus the slack jawed yokel son. <laughs> I'm sorry, he didn't mean to. Son of yokel. 
Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Thank you, Roy, for creating a lot of G-rated family entertainment on this program. And boy, Roy, you created these motherfuckers to be high as shit. Kind of a mixed message, shall we say. When others ask you to do drugs, what do you say to them? I ignore them. I'd rather stick anchovies in my ears. No way. I respect my body, man. I don't want to look and feel like this. Take a chill pill. I gotta say, Dave, the thing that jumps out at me here is the one kid who says, I'd rather stick anchovies in my ear. Okay. Like, that I don't understand. I don't understand how in the early 90s anchovies became kind of like the weird flex. Right, like the token pizza, gross food. Yeah. Like every show, uh, uh, Saved by the Bell, where, where Zach orders uh, pizza for Slater with anchovies. Every Disney show, every Saturday morning show. And it's a Ninja oh, Turtles thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like the stand in for something gross. You know, On I'll v- be honest. I've never had one in my life. And it's because of things. It's because of things like this. Like this, that. It's these commercials have been more effective at getting me to not eat anchovies than they have at me getting me to you know not not uh, sample drugs or stick them in your ear. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I mean, if you're having the quandary of choosing a bowl of sweet indica versus sticking sea mammals in your ear which one would you choose at home folks choose wisely but i just like the fact that these kids are drawn to be so fucked up i mean these kids look zooted for a bunch of kids that abstain from the sticky icky I, I do remember the the like squiggle kid and being like, I don't want to be like this. I'm like, I don't want to be a trippy squiggle either. Maybe I don't want to be doing this. I'd rather stick anchovies in my ear. No way. I don't want my body feeling like this. Nice and electric. Take a chill pill, man. Grr. Which is basically what happens whenever I'm with my neighbors and friends and I do a dab. Those are the basic <laughs> conversations. In fact, I think it was last night at the time that we were recording this. Those are things that came out of my mouth. I think I think I even barked at one point or growled. <laughs> I got to say, though, Mr. Yokelson, like solid work on that sound design there. You're not kidding about that bass line. Number four. Uh-oh. We're going straight up on this one. We're going straight up police. We're going to the 12. Oh, man. This is the rap shit that they were talking about, that all the parents were worried about. So what did they do? They got some rappers. I don't know who they were, and I don't think anybody in the rap game ever heard from them again because most rap rappers in the 80s weren't necessarily singing about drugs. They were all about B-boys and and high-top fades and 
Fila gold chains and all that. They weren't actually singing about how you should do drugs. Otherwise, you'll go to prison for a hundred years because of the color of your skin, not because it has anything to do with the fact that it's a government program aimed at business and starting wars and all that. Woo! Got that out there. Eh. Right. Dave's just looking at me like, we're going to edit this one out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no, I, I, I'll be honest. I was pulling up. I was trying to see if I could figure out who these rappers was, were, and I accidentally mm-hmm. stumbled across. I'm not sure if it's connected to this or not, but there was apparently a 1988 anti-drug film made by like community television for Southern California uh-huh. that the uh, U.S. Department of Education uh, funded and it's like a fantasy dramatization about substance abuse called Straight Up, starring I guess Lewis Gossett Jr.'s in it. And oh. uh, I'm yeah, like, is this connected to, to this in somewhere? It's it's like an anti drug thing too. So I'm like, was this somehow linked to this? But uh, I'm not seeing a connection necessarily. So yeah, I maybe must wrong. have not been connecting with his career because he had nowhere else to go if he was doing something like that. I've got nowhere else to go. That that was that was that was a good one. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull up the the discography of MC Light. She did an anti-drug song back in the early or the late 1980s, and I'm trying to let me pull it up right here. I know she was on a compilation album, and I'm trying to think. Yeah. Well, you can go and play the audio, and then Dave and I might have a little rap battle. I might yeah. have the upper hand in this one, but not by much. So here we go. Straight up police. Life is more important than material things. You don't need all the gold and the diamond rings. Yeah, you make a lot of money and you make it fast. You get busted free. You going straight to a jail cell, man. It's going on. Police are getting serious. I don't mean to this, but you got to get out of this. Straight up, straight up, man. It's a known fact. It ain't enough money that can get your life back. Straight up, straight up, freeze. Straight up, straight up, freeze. with these drugs you want to make a lot of money and be a thug you want these fancy cars to flaunt your money but then you go to jail like all the other dudes wait up it ain't cool you know it ain't safe so you got a nine millimeter in your face it's a game you can't win so don't try to play let's spread the word from new york to l.a So, Every so this is the only one I don't actually remember that uh, so far out of these. This is this is I mean maybe because it's such a cliche, like th- this this is not sending me back anywhere. It's just like yeah, this is the most generic like picture of rap probably three or four years before this was shot. Like the 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 stereotypes and just like. The usual Ugh. tropes, the young black yeah. man at risk for something that the government created to put him in prison, and the usual talking down, because all the b-boys used to do the running man hanging out with a bunch of cops with mullets and batons who want to put young black men away for some crack rock. I actually want to bring up what we were talking about before we played 
straight up police. The song that I was thinking of was the Stop the Violence Movement, and there was a song called Self-Destruction. It featured MC Light and KRS-One. It was a video uh, warning young black kids if you were going to get involved in the drug lifestyle, you have to be prepared for the consequences. But they did it a lot better. And I'm not saying that there aren't consequences to some of the choices that we make, but the way that the partnership with the Drug-Free America did it compared to, I don't know, KRS-One, MC Light, De La Soul, those were rappers that were able to tell a story. Whereas you have a bunch of white guys telling a bunch of black kids how to act. Well, now that feels very patronizing with the whole running man, the skinny jeans and all that and the chains and telling the black kid that if you screw up because you have a plant, then you're going to prison for the rest of your life. Well, well, fuck out of here. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't like, you know, John Singleton doing something like boys in the hood as sort sort of a warning message to culture. It just just, reinforces the old tropes and to a suburban, a suburban kid like me who obviously didn't fit the actual mold of what suburbia was skin, skin color type. And most of your neighbors are white, which is not their fault. uh, You grow up thinking to yourself, am I the problem or do the kids think I'm the problem or it gives you a little bit of insecurity. Like you have to work extra hard in school or else you're going to be on the street. Even though I grew up in probably one of the nicest neighborhoods in all of central Massachusetts, I was always scared shitless every time I see one of those ads. I think it's especially in contrast to some of these other ads we've looked at too, like the the one with the the teacher uh, in you know a primarily African American classroom. She's a black teacher, and you know race is an element of it, but it's you know good effective like I mean good is putting it hard, but like an effective anti drug commercial. Or the one we just listened to with the two brothers going back and forth tech talking how they naturally talk or something like that. This just feels like. Mm. When I, I, I don't even know how to put it, but like, uh, it, it, not not just not just date of it. It was probably kind of offensive at the time. You know? Oh no, the, I mean, there's there's some really offensive ones that the ONDCP put out in the partnership with the Drug Free America. And for anybody who's wondering what the ONDCP is an acronym for, it's the Office of National Controlled Drug Policy or something like that. Uh, I wanted to point out the fact that when I went to camp as a kid, there was this camp, Camp Nonantum, my mom tried for me one summer. It was in water, in Newton, Watertown, Massachusetts, on the line. And there were kids from surrounding communities. And the, the kids were, some of them were from, you know, Mattapan, and we'd do a day trip or whatever. We'd have a counselor. Some of them would be teachers or studying to be teachers, and this was their summer job. We couldn't listen to Kiss 108 or Jam in 94.5 because the counselors would say, oh, that's bad, and you'll you'll end up mm. on the streets of Dorchester. You guys want to end up on the street of Dorchester? 
I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Did you ever have a, a teacher like that in, in Whalen, Massachusetts, Dave Lindquist, that said if you, no. if you misbehave, you get end up on the streets of Dorchester? Yeah, no, nothing, nothing to that extent that I can recall, especially with a, a number of students from the Metco program living in Dorchester. Going oh, the Metco, yeah, no, that was something that made white people feel good. Anyway, yeah, no, you <laughs> yeah, right. all, Oh, I know, but. Uh, that was that was always the fear before Dorchester and Roxbury uh, became very very gentrified. Now it's obviously a totally different neighborhood, just like the, what's going on in your city, wherever you might be listening. But yeah, no, uh, I I think back to a time when things seemed so simpler, when you could just get out of prison or go to prison doing the Running Man. <laughs> That's what I would do. Let's. That's that. Let's, why don't we just this one's, this one's upsetting. Let's get into the next one, which everyone is going to remember. Like, I don't remember that one. and I wonder if it was suppressed because I just hate it. But this three? next one is like, oh, this one is the catchphrase. This, are you talk- this I know. Are you talking about number three? Yeah. Yeah. If it's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, number three. Everybody remembers it. It's a public service announcement that needs no introduction. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Simple, straightforward, to the point. Um, the frying egg. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Again, pretty good sound direction there. Like the the, the egg splattering and like mm-hmm. deep bass in the background. Do you recall? Uh, I feel like I, uh, mm-hmm. they did this one over and over again. Where like there were yep. different versions of it. I re- I remember seeing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm picturing. Like, Rachel Lee it, Cook from She's All That. She takes the egg and she beats the living bejesus out of the egg and smashes whatever is left of the crusty eggshell and the egg yolk all over the kitchen. And she says, this is what your family goes through and your friends and your job and your self-respect. I'm picturing like a uh, a mature, edgy Dennis comedian. I'm not sure if it was Dennis Miller or Dennis Leary, but I feel like one of them, like one of those, like that type of comedian guy, like talking. You to know what I don't like? You know We're, what I don't like? Dave Lankwist. I don't like the ZZ Top. No, no, I don't like ZZ Top. I don't like REM. Shiny, happy people in their videos acting. Just play your guitar and shut up. I want Cindy Crawford. I'm looking That's it up. My Dennis I swear, I swear, I swear it was one of them. Am I making this up? I think you are. I don't think Dennis Larry did an anti-drug public service announcement. I'm sure Dennis somebody Green. listening can actually go back and find that. I don't recall Dennis Larry ever doing something like that. I remember him doing ads for MTV, what I just explained. I want Cindy Crawford in my videos. Who was I remember it? him doing ads for Nesson and the Boston Bruins. He occasionally does that. And I don't. I know he'll do ads for comics come home. I don't remember him doing something anti-drug. One word, drugs. I grew up in the 70s. We did a lot of drugs and listened to a lot of bad music and wore a lot of stupid clothing like bell bottoms and platform shoes. So you want some advice? Here it is. These are your pants. These are your pants on drugs, okay? Five words, folks. KC and the Sunshine Band. Cocaine. There's a good idea. I want to do a drug that makes my penis small, makes my heart explode, makes my nose bleed, and sucks all my money out of the bank. Can I do that? Can I sit in a room and sweat for seven hours? I want to make this face all night. I want to talk to complete idiots about nothing for hours on end with no penis and a nosebleed. Is that possible? Where do I sign up for that? And when it comes to crack, I got a little piece of advice for you, folks. Never do a drug named after a part of your own ass, okay? 
I think you hear me knocking, and I think I'm coming in. I'm already in. I'm wandering around the house, and you know what? I found your bell bottom. <laughs> By the way, side note, since we're already derailed off the tracks, like the MPK yes, and the Orange Line, I watched some new Beavis and Butthead last night. It was really good. I have to admit, I enjoyed it. And I, I'm, not, I'm not, I know you haven't seen it yet. Oh, did you see it? No, no, not yet. Uh, our our uh, peek behind the curtain here, we're planning on recording another episode either today or very soon. And uh, some of the news tidbits out there were about this new Beavis and Butthead uh, program. But yeah, please get into it because yeah. I've been excited. I, I, to I'm it not going to spoil it for you. What I will say is that I am not a fan of reboots just in general. Uh, I'm one of the few in the minority who was not a fan of the reboot of Family Guy because a lot of people forget that Family Guy was a reboot when it came back in, in 2005 because it had been canceled three years earlier. I wasn't a fan of that just because they changed the writing around. Usually when you bring back a series, you have a lot of catching up to do to grab the audience back and remember them as they were and the audience has to remember beavis and butthead or any character for that matter futurama they got some mixed reviews when they brought back futurama and so was that twice they brought that back yeah twice believe it or not but beavis and butthead i don't know they managed to avoid the jinx and i i actually beavis and butthead when they brought back the show in 2011 it was it was doomed to fail just because it wasn't something that you could look and say hey you know it's going to be around for years to come however uh this one i think they got it right i think they got it right because they kept it simple they really did and you know i think they brought it back because the time was right people need an anti-hero people need a bunch of dumbasses we got enough yeah. dumbasses out there in the world right now running things. We need some pretend dumbasses. And and who better than uh, yeah. Mike Judge, the man who predicted this yeah. reality with yeah. a movie about a decade ago, too? Here, here's a fight, and, I, and since we're already derailed, this is a fight that I think about all the time in my head. The tall guy from The Simpsons, you know, the one that, Do you find something comical about my appearance? Everybody needs an automobile. The one that pulls Nelson's pants down after he makes fun of the tall guy for driving a Volkswagen Beetle with his legs up to his ears. Uh, Versus Todd from Beavis and Butthead. What are you punks (laughs) looking at? I'm going to kick your asses. Uh, Versus Tony Soprano. Uncle Drew, how you doing? And... James Evans from Good Times. Oh damn, Florida! Who would win are you just argument? are you just going through your impressions here? I'm trying no, to find I'm a thinking, connection. I, I am okay. I am, but I'm thinking who would win? Todd from Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> the the tall guy in The Simpsons that pulls Nelson's uh, pants down after he lifts him out of the the sewer uh, because Nelson's making fun of him for being tall and and going ha. Uh, versus uh, the father in Good Times, James Evans, and, uh, of course, uh, Tony Soprano. Who would win? You put the four of them in that ring. Who you got? 
And it's hard for me to say. I just want to hear everybody's opinions. I was going to put it on Facebook, but this is just, oh, just killing me. I think I think you're gonna need some qualifying criteria here. It's it's a physical fight in the ring. Tony's not allowed to bring in his other resources. Right, or exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's the four of them. You know, t- I mean, they're pretty. All four are tough motherfuckers. I can say. Although, I mean, the tall guy. I mean, I pre- I mean, he doesn't look tough, but he's certainly big enough to the reach withstand. advantage. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Because he's towering over these guys. I mean, the three that I mentioned, Todd and. Uh, James Evans and Tony Soprano, they're, they're, they're not tall. They're not tall like the tall guys. So that's the, that's one thing he's got going for him. But he doesn't have the mu- muscle mass that where he could fuck a motherfucker up. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Todd best, seems like he would run. Series. Todd would see, seems like he would run. Um, I mean, I feel like he to... goes down pretty easy in an episode of his Beavis and Butthead. Doesn't he get like kicked in the nuts or something and just drop instantly? Yeah, Am I misremembering I that? So, I mean, when he's not picking on Beavis and Butthead for standing outside and eating nachos, Todd's cool. Yeah, yeah, Todd's <laughs> cool. He said we could be part of his gang. Uh, I love this derailing. I this so is the, the derailing the, of all derailing, folks. The the Dennis Leary thing there. I have never seen an anti drug like PSA where someone has looked so like under the influence of like coke and like he's clearly chain smoking as he's filming it. It was just the best, like least effective. Like yeah, you are on something right now. There's no cure for cancer. Oh, <laughs> all right. So that was the iconic, this is your brain on drugs. And I, I want eggs now. That's what everybody thinks. I, I, that's what I thought when I saw it as a kid. I thought eggs. I wanted eggs. Years before I went <laughs> vegan, I was like, fuck this. I want, I want eggs for breakfast. I want to try it. I remember the first time I, I was eating cereal, I, I asked my mom, can I have eggs? And she's like, oh, baby, you're not going to like them. Years <laughs> later, I did, but... It took me a while to actually try an egg. So my mom made one for me. She's like, this ain't bad. And then, of course, uh, she added bacon to the eggs. And uh, I remember, like, being so sad when I heard that they came from a pig. (laughs) Now we're going to go into my Mm. vegan diet right now. Oh no! no, which, no. which the the number of times I've we've like inadvertently caused you to break on the show from like, oops, there is definitely a trace amount of gelatin in the cereal or some weird little bit of dairy or something. Hey, hey, listen, I, you know those Rice Krispie treats, uh, those bars that uh, yeah, you gave yeah. me uh, when I picked up, I don't know, about a month and a half ago. That, uh, we were that, try. that that episode had such a good theme idea like we're, we're gonna have to revisit that we're gonna one. have to resurrect it uh dave why don't you tell the fine folks listening yeah so so are. what i'm thinking is i don't know if anyone's just been wandering their grocery store aisles looking for cereal stuff lately like i do but the the amount of like non-cereal themed cereal stuff like weird like bars with captain crunch in them Mm. or like in the cookie aisle with like snack bites or you know i think i found a fruity pebbles candy bar it's like all over the place right now i mean clearly like it's like a nostalgia sort of thing or like i think the worst offender is uh cinnamon toast crunch where there are Mm -hmm. probably a million different like cinnamon toast crunch ice cream cinnamon toast crunch popcorn etc we were going to do a taste test of that and we were basically set up to record 
and then got pushed back about six weeks or so and everything's stale and gross so i remember uh, well let's revisit that one well we'll revisit that i'll also revisit this i put this on our social media thankfully josh pratt was able to figure this one out thank you josh wherever you are and i always thought that gelatin being horse horse whatever or hooves i always thought that was an urban legend so i i got marshmallows made some uh some rice crispy treats or with lucky charms and then josh is like you know they actually have gelatin in them and then i looked it up i'm like that's not an urban legend what kind of vegan am i (laughs) oh goodness The one I've, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of vegan marshmallows in stores the last couple of months. There's some yeah. brand they're pushing everywhere. Well, lately, well so. uh, you know there are, there was somebody I was talking to recently because uh, I do a vegan dating website now because I finally just gave up. I was like, where am I going to find vegan marshmallows? And somebody messaged me and said, oh, you can you can do this. You can add sugar cane. You can add some flaxseed oil if you're vegan and you can kind of do it without, you know, having to go through the crazy steps. There are simple ways. I just don't have the time nor the energy to do it. I mean, I think marshmallow root was the original ingredient in them back in the day that was like doing what gelatin is doing. They're like stabilizing it like that. Mm. I think I'm going to have to revisit that one as well. Number two, and I, we just had to put this one kind of like an honorable mention because whenever somebody thinks about anti-drug public service announcements, this one also comes to mind. You're sitting in your room, you're kicking back, you're playing air drums, listening to some great hard rock music from 1987. Maybe you're listening to Appetite for Destruction. Well, you've got an appetite for destruction of your own body. When your dad walks in with that mustache and tie, he rolls up with that chamomile pre-roll or that sleepy time, celestial whatever. You ever smoke chamomile? Smoke? No. Sipping tea before bed? Yes. You ever just take some... Now I'm just thinking of an old Parenthood episode where they replace Michael's marijuana joint with chamomile. <laughs> they take the bud out and they put chamomile. And now I'm just trailing off. Nice like and I sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that works. I'm going to try that one. I learned it from you, Dad. I learned it from watching you. Watching you. Number two. yours? No, I'm... Mother said she found it in your closet. I don't know. One of the guys was... Must have what? Look, Dad, it's Where not... did you get it? Dad, Answer I... me. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Parents who use drugs have children who use drugs. Earlier than the other ones. Uh, I gotta say, this one, like absent the context of the actual commercial or whatever is so just like buried away it, it's up there with like a few good men that like you can't handle the truth just like if you want to yell something i learned it from watching you you are right. like this is like a thing that's been satired so many times 
and in the day and age when people are in recovery, and if there's anybody who's in recovery who's listening to this right now, and we don't want to make fun of anybody who is taking the right steps to making a better life, and we might be making fun of the ads, the cautionary tales themselves, but we're not making fun of you because there are a lot of people that do use drugs and it came out of trauma, whether it was their parents or the environment that they grew up in, nature versus nurture. We could go down the entire gamut. And it is very sad in some families, they do have a hereditary addiction known as a disease. And we wouldn't make fun of that on this program, all kidding aside. Yeah, this this cycle. And I, I mean, it's, it's nice seeing this one actually targeted at like parents and not, you know, not kids or you know the teens or whatever and like that like like i said this has been parodied and satired so many times since and so deeply burned in my brain but it's probably the first time i've seen this clip as a parent and it hits a little bit differently and it's like oh this wasn't like the other ones that were telling me as a kid not to do drugs which i always perceived as so much as like it's like be a good role model kind of it's like or or hide hide it when you're doing stuff in front of your kids or whatever but it's just like or crack open a beer yeah and yeah. uh let your kid rock out to whatever shitty 80s metal band he's rocking out to because he's only going to do that once before k-pop moves in and takes the youth of america by storm 30 years I... is not that long away <laughs> folks <laughs> I gotta say, I do remember uh, being confused a little bit by this one as a kid and, like, looking at the kind of square dad with a tie and mustache who's, like, totally functional, like, trying to be a good parent coming in there and being like, wait, but if this normal, functional dad is doing drugs and you're telling me it's going to do all these horrible things to me. Well, the look. He's like, I learned it by watching you. Like, like, With that look on his face, like, oh, my God, I fucked up. I failed as a kid. Looks like I will be supporting my future criminal son's canteen fund when he goes to prison for the devil's lettuce. Number one, Dave Lindquist. Number one. That's my drum roll for you. Let me try it again. Okay, that one was better. Drum roll, drum roll, please. Number one. Hey, Joey. I got some stuff you just gotta try. What is it? Pot. You know, marijuana. Oh. Well, I don't know. Wait, chicken? Joey's in a jam. What should he do? Uh, cake. Get a pizza. Excellent. Get a pizza. Get real. Get it. You got it. Let's see if Joey's that smart. Uh, I'm not chicken. You're a turkey. He's right. Drug dealers are dorks. Don't even talk to him. Cowabunga. I'm not chicken. Get a pizza. Drug dealers are dorks. Don't even talk to him definitely the best of these you know bring in the branded content with the ninja turtles it's got the classroom stuff like the previous one it's got the kid being approached you actually see some joints being handed over like this this one's kind of got everything they might seem like a bunch of stoners but deep down they're really straight edge 
I don't know. I think they're they're (laughs) What you think? Who do you think? Do you think Donatello is smoking the? uh, the, Michelangelo, absolutely. Well, no. it's 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 the surfer dude voice kind of thing, like the, the surfer party. dude. I he's, think he's, they they say in the song he's he's a party dude. I think it's, apparently you can be you can be a clean party dude. Apparent? Oh no no no! I I it was weird because in in college I don't know if you ever knew this we we had some kids who didn't do drugs who waited until they were twenty one to have a drink of alcohol and they called themselves straight edge. And we had this one kid at our radio station, college radio station up in New York. He would always have somebody else drink for him when we do Beirut or beer pong. And whenever we we sank him, somebody else would drink him. And it wasn't it wasn't our friend, Corey. But then I told my friend down in Baltimore from the other college I graduated from. And he said, well, he wouldn't be really straight edge if he were hanging around people who drink which i don't know if i ever understood that because there i don't know i mean dave and i we were both responsible adults when it comes to alcohol yes yeah yes. oh absolutely especially these days i mean the last you know four or five years or whatever you know but we've had straight we've had friends who who identify as straight edge do you do you think it's you know, it's all or nothing. Do you think it's a purity well, test? Uh, I I think the term straight edge is really loaded. Is it, that's coming from like a, I think it's like an early '80s hardcore punk movement, like mm-hmm. the bands like Minor Threat and stuff, and that whole like straight edge culture, quote straight edge, quote unquote straight edge, was like there was like a vegetarian or vegan thing along with it, mm-hmm. and like abstaining from sex. It was like a very like chased like something you, the kind of lifestyle you'd associate with someone who is like super religious but it was part of their like like a punk sub subculture at the time and like that's where that's where like that's coming out of it's like i don't i don't put anything like nicotine or anything into my body i don't do illegal drugs i don't drink and like the vegan thing was part of that too there so like i i don't know it's just such a loaded term that like i don't know a, a, I, th- I think it grows into prominence probably around when we were in college, I'd say. I'd but say so like there, there was such like a subculture behind that with like such sort of, I, I hate to use the word, but like militant rules that like, I, th- I think even trying to define it is everyone will argue with each other. Some good music coming out of that whole scene, but That's uh, true. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot there. Turtle power. Yeah. Straight edge turtles. <laughs> Uh, uh, vanilla yeah, ice might have. Do you think Vanilla Ice uh, might have uh, uh, abstained from drugs or alcohol in the Secret of the Ooze? Uh, <laughs> might have helped him with his flow. Every, go ninja! Go, go ninja, ninja! Go ninja! Go! 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 Turtle rap. Oh yeah. I I I picked that one as number one only because it's an honorable mention given what we do here on the Frosted Side. I think we learned a lot about what traumatized us throughout our childhood. And it's not Shredder, because Shredder kept the peace. And it was everything that our schools and our parents tried to have us abstain from as adults and failed miserably. At least with yours truly. (laughs) 
I I wonder if these have a net negative or net positive impact on me in that I think they were effective in at least delaying me considering trying anything. And like when your brain is at its most susceptible, like you look at some of the the kid in this last commercial we just watched there, who's like two feet tall, kind of pushing the lumbering drug dealer guy over him and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I mean, if if, if I were hand if I were handed drugs when I was like six or whatever this child is, then like, yeah, that probably would have some like negative impacts on the development of my brain. And like, these certainly like are a source of trauma as far as scaring me out of doing stuff. But mm. like, there's a certain age where like, yeah, like kids this young, like you you could really mess somebody up. If he's two feet I don't tall. know what I'm saying here. No, that's all right. If, if he's two feet tall, you can put him on Fantasy Island, or you can have him order Munchkins. The plane, the plane. No, no. <laughs> seriously. Do you do you have this one here? There, there's like a shove in it that is like funny. Pull, pull up the video if you got it. We're looking like uh, 23 seconds in or something when he says no to the drug dealer kid. Just look at the size difference between these two. Yeah, I'd say he's more like. Four or five like, feet tall, and you know the kid is you know offering the drugs is about six feet at at the very least, maybe five eleven, and that is so nice of somebody in school to actually you offer drugs. You drugs, and you're never gonna get that again. I know it's <laughs> been said before. Yeah, you're probably gonna get free drugs no matter what party you go to, but. You're in school. You can do it in a safe place in the woods away from mom. Hey, mom, I'm going over to Billy's. We're going to do trucks in the woods. uh... Teabag. Yeah. And we're going to. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what everybody did. They all went to the woods as kids who didn't do that shit. And. My 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 ears were Nintendo 64 in a friend's basement, but. Oh, <laughs> I, we had a kid in high school. He used to make his own jungle juice. He had the, his <laughs> own ingenuity distillery and everything. Oh, oh. It was good! Oh, the sugar in that thing, though. Eventually, his parents <laughs> found uh, found out about his, his little enterprise, and he was grounded. But uh, <laughs> only a handful of children went blind. You know? Yeah, not me. No. <laughs> Oh, come on. No, 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 no. That, that This kid knew what he was doing. This isn't Appalachia or or the uh, the Levantine uh, era peninsula where they try to make moonshine. There was a case in Iran where uh, uh, like 57 people made homemade brew and uh, most of them went blind. Oh, it was horrible. That's what I bring to the program here on the frosted side. But yeah, if somebody offers you drugs and you're in school, just say... I'm not a chicken. You're a turkey, a jive turkey. Meet me outside of my backyard after school. We'll tell my mom we're going over to play video games, Sega Genesis. That's all you have to do. It's as simple as that. It's a life lesson. Just scream, drug dealer, drug dealer. And then when the principal leaves and says, I'll meet you after school, wink, wink. Would you believe I've bought a Sega Genesis game within the last week? <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> That's a little on brand, but Oh my god. I I, I, I miss Sega Genesis. I wanna go I wanna play Sonic 2 all day. 
I've got it handy. And uh, and Sonic 3, which, uh, fun fact, apparently Michael Jackson did the soundtrack to and, and uh, the deals didn't work out. But if you, there are people who've got like the audio tracks up and like comparing it to his songs what? and stuff, like mute, no, a large that. portion of the music from Sonic 3 is like Michael Jackson produced. I got to look that up, man. It's it's amazing how many bootleg recordings of Michael Jackson that you'll find. Apparently, there is a bootleg recording of Michael Jackson and Freddie Mercury doing a song. Maybe a whole oh, wow. album from what I've heard. Oh, yeah. No, it's out there. They must have not paid Michael enough. Yeah, apparently. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. David's good uh, so to be back. Let, I like let this. the lesson be learned. Say no to poor social skills. If somebody offers you a free pre-roll joint, if it's indica, take it. If it's a edible flower, take it. Not a sativa, ma'am? If it's a sativa, take it. (laughs) Oh, God, it's good to be back. Thanks, everybody. Uh, I promise my kids will stay healthy, knock on wood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all right. And you have anything else to promote, my good friend? Uh, healthy children? No, no zero <laughs> on the end. What are you? What How are you selling you? them? Healthy <laughs> yeah. children? Kids for sale? Kids for sale? No. Over uh, here in Mississippi. How about you? And, and how's the stand-up stuff going? Oh yes, you can come see me. I perform every week or every other week at the Winter Circle off Interstate. 95 Salisbury, Massachusetts. It's Scamps Comedy and it's free stand up comedy. I will be performing on the 9th in. I want to look it up. Yeah, the 9th. That's when I'm performing. Yeah. August 9th at the Winter Circle in Salisbury, Massachusetts. It is open mic night. And of course, on the 16th, I'll be performing at the Frolic. And detour in Acton, Massachusetts, and you can try your hand at stand up. And stay tuned to my TikTok page, J David Morrison Funny, for more details. And stay tuned to the Frosted side because you guys have been so goddamn patient. Y'all are rocks. Thank you so much for being with Thank us. Thank you. We promise we're back. 